Hello, I'm Christian, and welcome to the Jamar International Podcast, where we talk about effective collaboration, influence, and leadership in an increasingly complex world. My interview partner is Dr. Dirk Schlimm. Dirk is an international leadership expert and the author of Influencing Powerful People. The purpose of this podcast is to share ideas and stimulate discussion, and it does not constitute professional advice of any kind. If such advice is needed, the services of a competent professional should be sought. The speakers, hosts, and Gemmar International Incorporated are not to be held responsible for any use, misuse, or reuse of the content. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone. In recent weeks, we have been hearing more and more about an economic downturn and even a recession that's coming our way. At the same time, at least in North America, the job market remains strong and many employers can't even find people that they need. Dirk, what's going on here? Wouldn't we expect unemployment to go up if we were in a downturn or even a recession? Yeah, Christian, you're, you're, you're right. We are indeed finding ourselves in a very unusual situation, um, economically speaking. On the one hand, at the beginning of the second half of, of 2022, there are more warnings of a slowing economy and yet the job market has shown little sign of pullback. Uh, I mean, some companies have announced that they are slowing their hiring pace, but others are still looking to add people and unemployment has remained low. And, and even the Wall Street Journal, America's foremost business paper is calling it uh, a riddle. Uh, for, for some reason, uh, some reasons for the downturn are global while others are more local. And we have put uh, uh, a couple of articles in the show notes below that talk about this, uh, some at a more global level, and then others specifically looking at the US and, and the UK. Thanks, Dirk. And I will again encourage people, those links will be down below. But I want to follow up with perhaps a bit of a, a layperson's take here. So we're having a downturn, and that's on the way, but the job market is still strong. Do we really have any reason to worry here? Um, yeah, uh, so, so that is a bit of a, a, a conundrum. And, and, and it's true that, that uh, the pandemic has upended some of the economic orthodoxies, to use that term, um, that, that, we're, that we're used to, like a recession automatically means a weak job market. Um, and there are some specific reasons for that. And, and some experts point to baby boomers who are entering retirement uh, or other consequences of the pandemic. Let, 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 me give you, let me give you an example here. So for example, Airlines let go of a lot of staff at the beginning of the uh, pandemic uh, because air travel was was down and these people retired or took took other jobs. Like, for example, a, a baggage handler may now be uh, shopping, uh, uh, stocking supermarket shelves or take groceries to, you know, when you go pick up your, your groceries with a car, that, that person brings you the, the groceries. And, and, and now these former baggage handlers don't necessarily want to uh, come back to being a baggage handler now that air travel is picking up because some of them find that stocking shelves is a better job than handling heavy luggage, uh, especially if the pay is the same. And, and finding baggage handlers, believe it or not, is, is harder, more difficult than, may, than, than it may seem because they work in an airport. And so they need a security clearance. And that, that's, that's a complication. Uh, and then also when you get a new baggage handler, it takes them a while to take a hang of things. You know, luggage can get stuck and it's heavy. You need some skill. It's, it's like everything. It's, it's uh, you know, once you do it, it's not as easy as you, um, as 
you may as you may think and at the same time lots of people want to travel now that that the travel restrictions have come to to an end so and and this kind of uh, dynamic which is very specific to this industry but that exists in other industries too so for example skilled trades people are retiring and creating a, a shortage but on the whole i don't think that in the long run you you can uh, you really cannot have a weak economy and a strong job market. I'm not an economist, but I think it will catch up at, at some level at least. Right. Thanks, Dirk. And that was a helpful example. And that might explain some of the news we're seeing here about our airport in the Toronto area. But think about ourselves now in our various contexts. What do we do about this? How do we perhaps manage as professionals, team leaders and managers during a downturn? I mean, do we just take it as it comes and hope for the best? Or are there things that we could do to fare better off during these difficult economic times? Yeah, yeah Christian, you're right. First of all, there's really little we can do to control or even influence uh, the macroeconomic uh, picture or, or environment. There are forces uh, much bigger that are at, at, at play here. Uh, but I do think there are things we can do to help our companies where we work to fare better and we can also help ourselves. Okay, Dirk, let's get practical then. What do you have in mind here? Yeah, I, I, I do believe that during a downturn, companies will eventually have to pull back. I mean, that that is an economic fact, fact of life, but they will try and do the minimum damage to their company and may even look for opportunities to position themselves better and come out of the downturn stronger. How would they do that? So ultimately, uh, companies and economies need to increase productivity to keep growing. They need more output with the same resources, and they're getting this by using better processes, um, add automation or uh, digitization, uh, or they get smarter and higher performing people. And, and so the downturn gives them a reason to cut back in some areas, especially where cutting back may be overdue anyway, but they will also try and become more productive in others. And so they're looking for what is called no regrets uh, type of changes. Dirk, that's clear. And I think that's great advice for perhaps the executives or the CEOs, but how would that help us who work in such a company like this? Yeah, as, as, as a manager, uh, in, in my opinion, you don't want to wait until the cost-cutting memo from the CEO comes or the, the, the finance manager shows up and, and asks you to reduce the cost of your operation or make cuts on your team. You want to be proactive so that you can be really thoughtful. So, so you want to know exactly what your people are doing. You want to know where the costs are in your department. And you want to think about what may no longer be mission critical and so on. In, in, in other words, you want more than ever before to be running a tight ship and to have a plan ready to pull back further, get, get rid of things that have questionable value, really manage performance and, and deal with performance problems on your team. Okay, Dirk, that makes a lot of sense. It might take a bit of work, but I think we could see the long-term value in, the, in that advice. Do you have any other suggestions for us? Yeah, you also may want to look at ideas and even investment where you can be more productive or become more productive and be better positioned for the future. Maybe you can bring certain outsourced activities in-house in where they can be done more effectively or you automate processes and, and so on. And so you really want to put yourself into the perspective of an outside efficiency, performance and productivity consultant who takes a cold, hard look at your 
at your business. And, and you also want to involve your key people in this exercise. What ideas do you have? And, and that has the additional benefit of communicating. We're in this together. Uh, this is um, you know, so much better than trying to insulate uh, your people from the harsh realities and pretend that everything is fine. Okay, Dirk, that sounds really good and it sounds really helpful. But again, maybe sounding a bit like a layperson, you're presenting this advice for things to do during a downturn or expecting a downturn coming up. But these realistically sound like things that we should be doing anyway, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. But but what happens during the good times is we lose some of that management discipline and we desperately want to hang on to people because we need all the help we uh, can get. But but it's our responsibility as managers to realize when times are changing. Again, don't wait for the finance department to show up and tell you what to do. The, the, the message here is that, that you want to send inside your company is I'm the manager. I understand the business context. I understand the times when, and I know what 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 I have to do. And and maybe hard times is what we need in order to do what we must do. You 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 may have had some doubts before. You may have been hesitating, but now is the time to act. Okay. Again, that's coming across clear, Dirk. And that actually reminds me of one of those popular quotes that we'll often see floating around online, typically in reference to history, where hard times create strong men, strong men create good times and good times create weak men with those weak men creating hard times. A bit of a cycle here. And perhaps the advice you're suggesting is ways, if not to circumvent that cycle, but at least to manage it well and to move forward with momentum. But that that's a great start. Do you have any other advice for us here? Yeah, I, I think the other side uh, of, of this is the whole uh, cultural and, and uh, um, aspect um, of, of, of this. And, and what I mean by that is you, even if you have to make some uh, cutbacks and times are getting tough, you, you want to keep a positive or at least constructive attitude. Uh, when times get tough in a company, uh, the tone sometimes can be much rougher. People are starting to get stressed. They're starting to point fingers they're starting to get cynical and and of course you 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 can and sometimes you must insist on others pulling uh, their weight and you may have to say no to some extracurricular requests but you want to help keep it positive downturns are part of the business title and if you haven't managed uh, through a downtown before now might as well be the time to learn how to do it and and remember that if you're stressed out so, so will be the people who work for you and, and your boss. And, and now is the time to, uh, to support them. And you'd be surprised how helpful a positive interaction can, can be. And this is not to sugarcoat things or use this kind of corporate hype, to, but, but, but it's, a time, it's a time to show that you're mature enough to realize how business works, that you understand the problem, and that you're willing to work hard to make the best of it. Mm. Thanks, Dirk. That's really good insight. So we're going to take a hard look at our departments and teams, and we're going to do our best to stay positive. So that, with that said, again, this advice sounds great, and it sounds like things we can implement. But even if we do all that, the reality is we're not guaranteed to keep our jobs during a downturn, are we? So what can we do? 
Yeah, you're right, Christian. Even if we do all the right things, we we cannot we cannot avoid the inevitable. And so maybe your company is particularly hard hit by uh, the downturn, or it's it's our my my type of job is affected, or there's some other reasons why the why the company uh, cannot hold on to me, even if I'm trying to do all all the right things. And and I think we have to be prepared for that. So how how do we be prepared for that? Yeah, so, so first of all, I'd say um, it's always good to be financially prepared for a rainy day. So while times are good, don't live above your means, but set a few months salary aside for an emergency fund. That would be the first thing. Second thing, make networking an ongoing habit. Stay in touch with people, including your wider network. Have a, a coffee chat that's in person or virtually. Uh, try and be helpful with small things, that's, that's, that's a good way to uh, stay in touch with people. Maybe you comment with some substance on an interesting LinkedIn post or congratulate on the latest promotion, or you know you connect with people, uh, or you connect them with other people where they have a job posting and, and you may have somebody in mind, but, but keep it serious and not, on, and not uh, uh, gimmicky, right? So, and so they want to do this, this seriously and, 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 and properly. Um, and and the, um, the the last one would be that that now may be really um, uh, the, the time to keep building your your, your skills. You want to you want to think about how how can I um, add more value? And this this doesn't you know this could be a thing like a, an executive MBA. Maybe it's time for that right now. But but if 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 uh, you know if if that's that's too big, um, we we there are practical and realistic ways to look at a high quality uh, course as maybe an offering online. And it's something that relates to your current skill and gives you the very latest uh, in, your, in your field. So this could be something like if you're in marketing, social media marketing or advanced project management or sustainable supply chain management or digital HR transformation. But, but the, the point is, especially if you have been working in your field for some time, you want to be up to date and you want to show up to, you're up to date when you are looking for, uh, for a new job. So, so I would think about, think about something like six to 10 weeks with, with 10 hours or so a week. And that comes with a, a certification. So something very hands-on and, and very practical. And, and something that helps you to become more productive immediately. And the great thing is, if, if you do that, it may already help you in your current job, but it could also help you then uh, in finding, finding that, that, that job if, if, you do, uh, if you do have to leave the company. Wonderful, Dirk. So just to recap, we're going to be financially prepared for that rainy day with some saving. We're going to be uh, making a habit of networking and not just networking for the sake of networking, but being intentional with keeping up with people. And then thirdly, and this perhaps might be uh, the most long lasting thing, but being um, being sure to be on top of our, our skills, our profession, and maybe looking for courses or different certifications we could do to stay on the, the cutting edges of our field. So with that in mind, Dirk, do you take courses like that? Yeah, Christian, that's that, that's good for you to check up on me, and it's always good to check up on people to see whether they uh, practice what they preach. And right. and yes, in fact, I have just completed uh, what's known as the IGP, the Innovation Governance Program, which is offered by the uh, Canadian Council of Innovators, and it was super valuable. It was easy to attend via Zoom. Uh, the learning was stretched out over seven 
week, so so good time to reflect uh, between uh, sessions. They had a, a a great online learning community, and and most importantly, they had up to date and relevant content on things like intellectual property management, uh, data governance, uh, compliance. So it, it was it was really good, and I'm and I'm glad I, I took it, and it's helping me. It's helping me right now. Wonderful, Dirk. That's not my field, but it sounds lovely. And congratulations on getting that done. But unfortunately for now, but uh, perhaps this is the right time to say that we've reached the end of our episode here. And I think we've taken away a lot with a downturn or even a recession, perhaps on the horizon. I think we can all now carefully look at our our workplaces, at our teams and be uh, mindful of how we might run a tight ship. We could be perhaps prepared to embrace that positive attitude, even if things get a bit tougher in our workplace or in our workspace. And finally, I think we all know some practical ways that we can prepare for what might be inevitable. And that will be staying on top of our skills and our field. That will be saving perhaps for that rainy day. And of course, that will be networking and staying in touch. And one way people might do that already is we post these uh, these podcast links on LinkedIn, but we also have a, a webpage so people can perhaps take a look at that, leave a comment on your blog or on the podcast here, see what other, other people are saying, what other people are thinking and starting a conversation about what's going on, but also how they might apply some of the things we discussed. But as I said, that's all we have for this episode. I really hope that people will join us here again in two weeks when we explore another valuable topic for you, your workplace and your team. But until then, take care. 